0: the tights and fights podcast for over six years a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment
1: To Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the e. Nation Chamber, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Kelkie Time, Lindsay Kelk. Hi.
0: Why am I now having flashbacks and triggering school situations? Oh. Yay! <laughs> we did it, hey. Lizzie.
1: We, we're officially <laughs> done with Woo-hoo! Elimination Chamber, which we're going to talk about shortly, and that means full steam ahead to Ice Cream Christmas. Wrestlemania held in the North Pole of wrestling cities, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, what better way to celebrate this than brand new merch for the podcast? That's right. The Philly-themed ice cream Christmas shirts are live at maxfunstore.com.
0: I need one of these fucking t-shirts. That's so good. They're so good. I,
1: With a tear in my eye, I saw these shirts, and I demand a free one. <laughs> And I'm one-third of the show. Please send me a free T-shirt. I don't know who to talk to about that. If it's
2: you, Julian. I'm probably not the person to ask because I bought like three of our last one. Yes, (laughs) Look.
0: Same. I bought three to wear to Mania last year for me and Jeff.
2: I'm tempted to get one in every color because I love all three of them because Hal, this is a true story. I did demand... And make sure that, um, cause we, when they first showed me the mocks, they were like, we were thinking it looks really good on, on, on Heather gray. I'm like, yes. And it looks good on Heather black. I'm like, yes. They're like, do you want to do Danny asked me, like, do you think any other colors would work? I'm like, you know what? I feel like Hal wouldn't forgive me if we didn't at least see how it, uh, mocked up on Kelly green just to get the full effect. And he showed it to me and I said, yeah, we got to do it.
1: If it wasn't in Kelly green, I would have showed up at Danny's house. <laughs> I would have showed up at his house and say, and say, sir. Sir, I beg you, sir. Kelly Green is made for Kelly Green.
0: The green is what does it.
1: It's all based off the Eagles logo. It's at the link, people. Ice Cream Christmas, an invention of Open Mike Eagle. The show came up with the shirts we're buying. If we're (laughs) buying the shirts, if we're buying them, for sure you have to buy them. And it's real easy to do. You go to maxfunstore.com and look for the best t shirt you've ever seen in your goddamn life. That's how you know And you buy. A ton of get one for every day. The way I'll tie as someone who's who's two thrilling adventure hours slash welcome, welcome to Nightdale T-shirts are like I I might as well just be washing cars with them instead of putting <laughs> them on my body. You want more? More shirts is better. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. More shirts is better. MaxFunStore.com. More shirts is better. MaxFunStore.com. Okay, there's gonna be plenty of time for celebrating shirts and wrestling. Let's talk about Elimination Chamber.
0: Yes, please. Let's.
1: Like we all do. We have we all have groups of friends who enjoy wrestling and everybody's talking about it. And in one group, it seems like people felt like it was, somebody said it was like a good Ruthless Aggression era pay-per-view, which I took very personally <laughs> because I'm not a huge fan of Ruthless Aggression. The reaction I'm seeing the most from people I know who have talked about it is they feel it's like middle of the road. But I thought it was fantastic i think two of the matches were outstanding another one was great like there were no No. bad matches
0: you know what the problem is Hal? um we Hmm. think we know what we want until we get it and then we complain about it because we're wrestling fans and a lot of the complaints that i saw on this were people saying like but it was so predictable i knew what the winner was going to be of every match before it even happened it's like well We all like unpredictable wrestling. We all like to be surprised sometimes. But also, how mad do we get when we don't get what we want? We are days away from Ice Cream Christmas. This is not the time to start pulling one over on me and say like, ah, surprise, you wanted Becky Rhea, but you're not getting it. Like, no, this was, if there ever was a pay-per-view to give me matches where the result was exactly what I thought it was going to be, this was the one. Save your surprises for Ice Cream Christmas. I was delighted by it. It was a very pleasant way to pass three hours as opposed to many premium live events that I've watched in my time. I came away from it happy and satisfied. Bear in mind, I just used those words about a premium live event that culminated in a match that involved Nia Jax. And I am going to happily sit here and say to you, great time had by all, no notes.
1: Elimination Chamber as a bridge, now that it's in that fast Mm -hmm. lane spot, the the main job they have is just to showcase people. A successful Elimination Chamber does not have a bunch of surprises. It gets you more excited for what you are going to see later on at WrestleMania. Sets up, you know, we got a furthering of the AJ Styles LA night. They're headed for a match, obviously. Uh, I think it also sets
0: things up, right? Yeah, it sets up Logan Paul, Randy Orton, which is so great because that's what the Rumble does to an extent. It starts sowing seeds and setting up matches for Mania. Mania now is two nights it is a lot of time to fill. It is a lot of matches to book. You can't pull them all out of your arse. They can't all have been running for over a year. Some matches have to be put together faster. How many injuries are we dealing with over there right now? Like, You need a pay-per-view that you can have a lot of people involved in to set things up. And Elimination Chamber is perfect for it because you get six people in each Chamber match You get to play around with some dynamics. You get to see who's working who. You get to see where it works, where it doesn't without Cody coming out and saying, not at Mania, and then changing his mind. You know, you get a a real chance to test some stuff out. And the fact that they used that men's chamber match to set up not only Drew Seth, but also Logan, Randy, and AJ, LA Knight. Like, that's pretty impressive to me. I would happily watch Kevin Owens punch logan paul in the face all day long so i don't need them to set that up for me ever because i will watch that any day of the week the men's match was i thought was excellent was so great so fun once everyone was out the pods so good
1: jesus i just want to call out everybody who's out of the pods tiffany stratton
0: uh, oh my god the women's match i mean the women's match i thought was a bomb buster door-to-door to bell
1: but for, for Tiffany Stratton in particular, the way she was received by the crowd, like she was already yes. a huge star. And then the yes. level at which she performed is exactly what Elimination Chamber is for. She didn't yes. need to win the match to be showcased and show, like, this is a star who's ready to go right now. And and Logan Paul, who continues, it kills me. Like, I, I definitely part of I'm me is sorry. rotting away every time. But him yeah. pulling out the marker and drawing drawing a picture of Kevin Owens, and then later on when he's getting rammed into into Kevin Owens' pod, and Kevin Owens is smashing the glass. When
0: Bobby Lashley rammed into both of those pods, I thought Logan Mm -hmm. Paul had died. And the look on Logan Paul's face, you think about how many daring stunts Logan Paul has pulled off in the time that he's been here, and how I love to call him a sociopath and say he has no concern for his health and safety. He looked concerned when Bobby Lashley came charging through that he looked concerned and rightly so but i do want to commend him on his ability to write backwards that's kind of amazing that was very impressive yeah
1: and and good uh he really the drawing the horns was really good he's able to do that really well good job for him but uh yeah I, i think he's i don't think he's done with kevin owens yet but having randy orton waiting in the wings for SummerSlam certainly makes sense or money in the bank it feels like they're and maybe it's just because we're in WrestleMania season, but I hope he's he's around a little bit more often. I get he works probably best as an attraction. He's yeah. not, it's not a special if he's there every week, but but a little more often is better. Yeah, but if I'm seeing The Rock better.
0: for three weeks in a row, I'm going to be needing yeah. to see Logan at least a couple of times so the matches set up. There aren't that many more shows between now and Mania. Like, he is going to have to pop up. He can't I mean, no, he could. But I was about to say he can't do this on Instagram, but yes, he could. But he's not shirtless and saving dogs. He's got to be doing something on there, I guess. I don't know. I am super pumped for Mania. That's the main thing I took away from Elimination Chamber. I am really excited about WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. Also, New Catch Republic looked fantastic. That was a great tag match. And we got the the Dominic Mysterio heat uh, in that (laughs) one where they just... I mean, that is. I think that's the loudest he'd have ever seen him get or heard him yeah.
0: get. Yeah, I mean, that Australian crowd was red hot. Um, shout out to them for finding a way to take the broadcast off air momentarily uh, by joining together in a <laughs> filthy chant, which I, for one, appreciated, uh, using a word that's very much frowned upon here in these United States. But to get like 55,000 people Calling Dominic, the C-word. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. If you're me. If you're a child like me. I mean, I was impressed. But they really did elevate the show. The Like you say, the way that they embraced Tiffany Stratton. I don't want to look, look into it too much, because I think if I look directly, I, I might feel a bit sick, sick in my mouth. But the fact that it just elevated her to superstardom, um, just amazing. Amazing. She really was the the mvp of that women's mm-hmm. match like she, was. she showed out she showed out and it and was that's so with, impressive
1: with the amount of talent in that ring just no
0: yeah really
1: no weak points in in any of the matches even nia Jax came out of it looking good yeah you know i i i don't i don't look at it and think like that match was good because she was in it but i also don't say i don't think it was good in spite of the fact that she was yeah. in it
0: she didn't bring it down i was surprised at how long it went and the level of, of of how good? The level of goodness. I'm a writer. Uh, the level <laughs> th- that they kept it at, the energy yeah. and um, the aggression that they managed to keep going for such a long time. Because you couldn't put on a quick match. It's the headlining main event in Rhea's home country. It's a huge deal. This can't just be five minutes in and out the ring. Like They both had to show up and show out. And they did. Uh, I also think if they get Rhea-Becky right, they have a justifiable argument to say they should go on last on the first night of Mania. Like, I really do. I, I think Becky has already closed out Mania. I think Rhea could close out Mania. We'll see what else is going to be. But I'm just greedy and I want another... I'm not just greedy. Actually, no, I will stand by. I want another women's main event at WrestleMania without you saying it's a joint main event and it's actually fourth from the last.
1: I agree with you. I think...
0: It won't happen. I'm just saying. If I
1: had to guess right now, the Saturday night main event will probably be Cody and Seth versus Roman and Rock. And then Sunday night will be Cody versus Roman.
0: I would not be shocked to see Cody Roman Rock, yeah, having a go. Because you could do the you do the Daniel Bryan thing, right? Not exactly the same as Daniel Bryan where it's like you have to win this match and then you can do this match, but you know, Rock's gonna get in his way and now you have the benefit of having two nights. So you wouldn't do it on the same night. You absolutely would split it up Mm. and we know Rocky wants a main event. (laughs) We know he's got thirty million dollars in his pocket to demand one. That is the only thing that's souring me a little bit at the minute. And it's not even really. It's only when I think about it, because I like to punish myself and I don't enjoy fun, (laughs) is that, you know, we had a women's main event and I would like to see it.
1: I don't disagree. I'm with you. Now we've got a welcome on our special guest who's going to help us out with the main event. It's comedian and writer Chris Gethard. Thanks for coming back, man. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, last time you were on, you told us about how the wrestling you mainly watched was NXT, and now NXT and the WWE main roster has completely kind of changed over. So uh, what wrestling are you watching? You still just NXT?
3: What What are you into? No, I've, I feel like many people, right? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very oh, important yeah. on this podcast. And honestly. look,
3: And also, I know I'm about to say something that's very cliche and very yeah. generic, right? which is that AEW stole NXT's Thunder, and I was watching that for a while. And then my friend Sami Zayn and the magical work he did sort of showed that the WWE was able to not just hang with that style but insert some killer storylines on top of it and maybe made AEW look like a definitive B-level. And it's been kind of crazy to go from... I can't stomach main roster WWE because of the quick camera smash cuts and the announcing,
0: but Mm -hmm. NXT
3: is really working for me to AEW stole all that thunder, and then WWE kind of yanked it back, and, I mean, I am on board. I don't, you know, I've been watching wrestling since Mm -hmm. I was five, and I can't remember a time when there were this many. Like, how many cities could they run in a night now if they did? They could go do 10 house shows a night because they have 10 main yeah. event faces. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. Really crazy. crazy.
3: So, I mean, they are yeah. they're on a definitive hot streak. And I don't want to be one of these people, one of these, like, Reddit squared circle people that's like, AEW's ticket sales, or they're done and they're dead in mm-hmm. the water. But it, it really, you know... One thing that's been proven true in recent years is obviously WWE needs competition to be at their best. Yes, Yeah. Agreed. I think the other thing it
1: kind of shows is how hard this is because AW has a ton of like world-class talent. Nobody can deny that they have the ability. They have any, they have a number of people on their roster that can go out there and have uh, an incredible match on any given night. And, and yet it's not enough. It's not enough
3: to just not be WWE and have good people. And have great wrestling matches. Because they have undeniably great
0: matches. Yeah, they have undeniably Mm -hmm. great wrestlers, right? You can't bring (laughs) uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson into a promotion and not expect to have amazing matches, you know? Like, they just have too much talent for it not to be good. And I think that's what is starting to frustrate people. I'm seeing more and more of it, even people who were just like, the most committed AEW stands are starting to step back and say, they're not ready to say that they're out or they're not ready to say it's not good, but they're ready to say, I don't know what's different, which is interesting because I haven't watched enough of it to chart a difference. I'm very curious to to hear that conversation going forward as to what has changed in AEW.
3: I do know that on my end. And also... I really like Mm -hmm. AEW. I think it's very good. There's a few things I'll point out. One, I went to a live AEW event out in Forest Hills a few months back. It was an incredible night. We brought my son. It was awesome. I'm friends with Colt Cabana because Colt crosses over between the wrestling and comedy world. He brought us back. And not everyone gets this experience. But I'm like, he brought my four-year-old son backstage. He met Hangman and the Young Bucks my kid got to wear the AEW championship belt and we took a picture of him um. in it. Like it's a, <laughs> That's a special thing. So, But no matter how yeah. you slice it, just being in the arena, it was so fun and the wrestling's so good. So it's really great and I'm not trying to talk bad, but there's a couple of things I'll point out. Which is one, this has been said before, but they get you to fall in love with Wardlow. They get you to fall in love with Hook. And then they just kind of go away for a mm-hmm. while and you feel a little jilted at the altar. And that's... Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem of having so much talent on the roster, right? And then the other thing is if I personally and maybe I'm too much of an American fan, maybe I'm not cool enough to you know be encyclopedic about modern NJPW. But at the end of the day, I sit here I go if there now if there's one guy who gets me to turn on AEW as appointment television. It's not their best wrestler. It's Eddie Kingston. It's their best mm, talker. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I bought the pay-per-view because I was like, I want to see Eddie Kingston beat the shit out of CM Punk when they fought on a pay-per-view. I paid <laughs> for a pay-per-view <laughs> yeah. within the past yep. two years. Not Peacock, not streaming it, not reading the results afterwards. Setting aside time in my night because I'm like, I want to see. And I'm like, I am aware that this is a scripted entertainment property. I want to watch Eddie Kingston beat... The crap out of CM Punk. I bought it like an old timey promoter sold it to me before they admitted what was really going on. I bought it. So, point being, all the greatest wrestling in the world. I turned it on for the talker, and I think I'm not the only one. And there's something to be said for that. That being said, it's still incredible. What an incredible time to be a wrestling fan.
1: Yeah, that's it's, it's it just the best. We're, we're super spoiled. It's great. It's real, it really
3: is. And I get the sense, too, from afar, and you guys probably know better than I do, I also get the sense that so many of the wrestlers are making more money and are being treated better and are able to carve out more protections for themselves and their contracts, all because these two really great options exist, which is also seems like uh, TNA and the impact side of things is also making noise, too. So in the sense of also being, you know, there's a weird kinship at times between wrestlers and comedians there are a lot of comedians who love wrestling there are a bunch of wrestlers who have who show up at comedy shows um and i think there's sort of this thing of like we kind of wander around creating personas and it's this lonely thing where you spend too much time in airports and there's (laughs) a thing so anything where i get to see the artists involved have more protections for themselves and each other that's a beautiful thing
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy how like the Absolutely. locker room culture has changed from like the '80s and '90s, where it's just people doing oh, rails man. and and shooting up in the hallway to try and get bigger before the show, <laughs> to now you have like wrestling couples who are either planning to have children or bringing their children with them. Like it's really become much more of a family company, and I think the the regime change at WWE in particular is. Oh my like goodness. it's night and day from from a production standpoint getting rid of kevin dunn is it was long overdue not and not i'm not going to say anything about kevin dunn as a person because i never met him but at a certain point you need new ideas and that wasn't yeah. what he's bringing
3: and the whole like sort of motion sickness inducing camera zoom-ins on every yeah. spot mm-hmm. it it yeah. legitimately was jarring to watch and i feel like it's already improvement and as you talk about the locker room it's like even some of the stuff we all found charming even like three or four years ago everybody loved stories about how the undertaker was the judge in wrestling or (laughs) court and we all thought that was charming and even now a couple years later i feel like collectively a lot of wrestling fandom is starting to go like that sounds weird and dark
0: right oh wait is that bullying yeah. is that bullying are we sat here celebrating bullying oh, yeah you yep. had a weird yep, in, that's what we're doing. you had yep. a weird
3: internal court and it's coming out more and more that there probably should have been people <laughs> dabbling in real courts with real things that went to real <laughs> law enforcement <laughs> undertaker it would be like oh maybe if someone um takes a shit in your hat it shouldn't be that you have to go sit before the undertaker <laughs> in judgment <laughs> maybe you need to call an actual hr department yeah who deals with whatever is leading to that. Yeah. It's
0: not good. It's not SVU, is it? No. Like, we're not seeing real, you know, not even scripted justice is getting done here. It's like, this is just bad. This is just Yeah, bad.
3: and even just a couple of years ago, I'll be the first to admit that it, we were all like, ooh, I want to hear more about that. That sounds crazy. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no.
0: Because it's the peak behind mm-hmm. the curtain. Like, we all want the peak behind the curtain. And I love hearing old stories about all the industries I love like I love reading about I, we, we literally can't watch anything on Turner Classic Movies or Criterion Collection at home now because my husband will be like, put your phone down and I can't put my phone down because I want to read the stories about the movie that was being made because there's always these insane mm. stories about movies being made back then and it's the same thing right it's like I want to know what these wacky chaps were doing uh, and it turns out they were indeed being wacky but then you look at a little bit closer and you're like, is it wacky or is it creepy? And the two stand so closely aligned.
1: <laughs> yeah, those are conjoined twins.
3: Absolutely. It's a very good point. And feel free to cut this if, since I'm disrupting the bit. News broke today. I do want to say R.I.P. Virgil.
1: R.I.P. Virgil, yes. A hundred percent.
3: No. Because the news yeah. just broke like honestly two or three hours before we recorded. Yeah. And if, I mean, if anybody showed what a dynamo Ted DiBiase was, it was mm-hmm. that. And also, in a, an industry defined by a weird relationship with racial um, rabble rousing, sort of feel like in my childhood in the 80s, when we were still very much processing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. Virgil's rejection of the million dollar man was one of the more notable instances in my childhood where I saw an empowered black man get to overcome an evil white man it's kind of a weird thing to say but it's true oh, No, no RIP Virgil, you meme-worthy odd man. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like the people who
1: think of Olive Garden or fuck money or all the all the things that became like Virgil the internet legend, exactly what you pointed out, like the the I was watching some videos today because of course they were getting shared of the reaction when he when he finally clocks Ted DiBiase with the million dollar bell. And then when he pinned him at SummerSlam in, what was it, 91, I think. It, like, the crowd went insane. And I remember as a kid being so excited for that to happen. And and especially when you don't know that any of it's scripted or you're just not, you're not thinking that level ahead. And
3: you're just like, he, why is he taking this? He doesn't deserve this. And I know there's stories of the territories, but as far as WWF, WWE goes, it's like... I don't believe they let Junkyard Dog have a moment of clearly sort of racialized reckoning. I don't think Coco mm-hmm. Beware had that. Virgil, in my memory, was the first one. And then after that, you start to get to things like the Nation of Domination and Ahmed Johnson. And, and, but Virgil, who nobody points to and says is as good a worker as someone like JYD, he had that story, and that's pretty iconic. Yeah, that, that that clip of him smacking Ted with the million dollar belt is that's an image in my memory from when I was 11 years old. Wild.
1: And not everybody can pull that off just the way he the, the way he builds the intensity in that moment. And his facial expressions are really just like pitch perfect. It's hard to get right. There are plenty of wrestlers who are in situations like that where they're overcoming or they're finally finally turning on a bad guy after being abused and. It doesn't it's it doesn't quite hit the same, but it feels so real for what it for what it is like. It's just the perfect, perfect guy for for the moment.
3: And in, in an era of I mean, all of these people have their drawbacks, all of them were product of their time in an era of Kamala, the Ugandan giant mm-hmm. or the Reverend Slick. I mean, maybe Bad News Brown had some things close to it, but he was always, I think, the heel at the end of the day. He yeah. was always sort of an intimidating, large black man. Like, Virgil existed in an era where he was kind of the bridge from the Kamali, the Ugandan giants, to stuff that was a lot more layered and interesting and smart after that moment. Well, Chris, you're here
1: because you wanted to talk about something very specific for the show today. So, let's give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event! let get ready
2: to rock! Oh. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Whoa.
0: Yeah. yeah! Get a life, kid! Yeah. Rhymes with shit! Holy shit! WWE dynamite. I love cake! I head. hate nuts.
1: Look at this face! And a hard fought victory!
0: Live, Al. Sorry. What? what?
1: Ever since his WWE debut, Dominic Mysterio was dismissed as little more than a Nepo baby hire. And these days, he arguably gets more heat than anyone else in the company because he's a Nepo baby and a goth. Prison
3: changes a man. And you guys might think that it's over for me. But nah. I'm just getting started. And mommy, I'll see you soon. Chris, (laughs) Sabes que eres la única Chris, <laughs> tell us what you think about Dom Dom. I love Dom Dom. Happy to tell, uh, I think, a good behind-the-scenes story about Dominic that people will love. Let's do it. So I mentioned I'm friends with, with Colt Cabana, have been for many years, really, really good guy, really, really good guy. He's exactly what you hope he will be. And years ago, I used to host a talk show, and we wound up filming an episode at Comic-Con and our guest fell through. And WWE was in town. I said, Colt, do you know any of the wrestlers in town? Do you think any of them would be a good fit for our show? We're really scrambling. And he said, there's this guy. He's going by Sammy's aid now. You two will be fast friends. He should come to your show. And he texted Sammy. Sammy was in NXT at this point. Sammy showed up. He was like, Colt said that you're like a kindred spirit, man. Let's do it. And we both like punk rock. And Sami is a very sweet man. And we became buddies. He did my show. It was a very weird show, but he rolled with it all, and then he just was like, I think I'm going to go rent a bike and ride around San Diego, and he left, and he was lovely, and (laughs) Sami Zayn, and he's the best, and he and I stayed in touch and just became pals, and we've met a bunch of times, and I've met his family. He's met mine, and I have a great, great love for Sami Zayn. He's a guy of really high character, and I went to the MSG house show a year ago, and if you're not in the Northeast, you might not know. These MSG house shows are incredible because even though they're house shows, that's MSG and the wrestlers. There is some electricity. Like they want it, they understand the history, the legacy of it. So those house shows are so fun to go to. And Sammy knew I was there and he texted me and he said, Hey, if you want on the intermission, come down and say hi. So I went and I was able to my wife and I were able to go and say hi to Sammy Zayn, which was lovely. And I was in a backstage area where you know, I'm still a fanboy. The Usos came by and said hi to Sammy Cody, Seth Rollins, uh, Charlotte. Fla- I was like, this is so cool. There's all these people here. And it was not in gorilla position, but kind of on the way to gorilla. So a lot of the wrestlers were like stopping by and doing their last squats or push-ups before they went and got out in the position to be sent out for their match. And there was a viewing area with monitors set up and chairs and there were a few like producer types and some of the wrestlers would stop by and watch on the monitors what was going on and they'd sort of watch for a few minutes or react to something and then move on because they're all busy people they're all there for a reason but there was one wrestler who from the second i got there who was glued to that monitor watching all of his peers taking it all in who never got up and walked away who wasn't just in and out a guy who was clearly there studying what everyone else was bringing to the table and it was Dominic Mysterio. And I remember thinking to myself, that's how he's getting so good so fast, man. That's got to be a part of it. Because he was just sitting there clocking everything, clearly studying his craft from all his peers. And I'm not judging anyone else because, again, I come from the world of comedy where I do not sit and watch everyone's right. set. I'm 24 years into my career. There's sometimes times where I'm able to catch some sets, but more often than not, I got to do this set and then I got to go run to do another one and I think probably similar in wrestling people have places to go people to catch up with notes to get things to do but I watched Dominic Mysterio studying his craft with laser focus and it was right in the midst of that stretch where I think all of us watching were like oh he's leveling up every week Mm -hmm. he's getting better every time he shows up on TV you can see the improvement and not to put myself in the same breath of wrestlers it's a different skill set but as an artist i was like i remember when i was young and hungry and was like i'm carving out time to watch to just absorb sponge it as much as i can and i know how that makes you better and then at a certain point your priorities shift or you hit the capacity of what that's going to give you but i was like man that was impressive. It was impressive to realize that he was just there the whole time.
1: Especially as a guy who's the son of Rey Mysterio Jr., where you, you once you're brought in, I mean, you were there as a kid, obviously, the whole Eddie Guerrero feud, the, the, whatever it was, the, the papers on a poll match they wound up having for, for custody. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it would be easy to come in and coast somewhat. And I think that probably, Got all of us or a lot of I know for me, I was like, ah, oh, this he's not like great in the beginning. And I don't want to cheer for him. And and it, it the the more I think I always think and, and we talk about it here that most people need to be a really good heel before they can be a really good babyface. But the truth is to become a really good heel. Sometimes it's better to start as a baby face that nobody likes because then when you turn <laughs> all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, I hated you anyway. Now I feel free to boo you. Yeah. And no,
0: it's it, cathartic.
3: That happened with The Rock, with
1: Roman. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. 100%. Right? The way he's embraced that, just like all the the best of all time and the best people currently all do little things, like uh, there's a wide area of moves and and sort of pieces of promos that they all share if you kind of lined it up. But the people who are able to do little things to establish their character and really fill out a match or a promo or even just being ringside and that makes a huge difference and he does that more and more every single time to just watching him doesn't matter where he goes, he just gets booed out of the building
3: I can't...
1: incredible to watch because you can tell he's enjoying like he's reaping the fruits of his labor
3: i saw in person i was like this dude knows he has an opportunity and he is laser focused i could see it have being back there one night not wanting to step on toes not pretending in any way to understand all the moving dynamics of a wrestling backstage Mm -hmm. area even i could tell this dude's locked in and he's trying to he's scooping up every whiff of of experience and you could just see he's watching every single person on the off chance that he might be able to learn or crack the code on what they're doing or go up to them and say I noticed this you just I was like from across the room and one night I was like oh that that dude's going for it and that's why I'm like I mentioned before that Eddie Kingston is is my appointment viewing on AEW I sit here and I'm like man Brian Danielson might be the next Bret Hart or Dynamite Kid, and that's awesome, and we need those. But I sit here, I'm like, man, is Dominic Mysterio the next Roddy Piper? It's starting to feel like that. Starting to feel like Dominic Mysterio is aiming for that.
0: Yeah, that's wild. And that's
3: exciting to me.
0: I just think it's so impressive, and we've talked about it so much on this podcast. We have followed, I mean, thankfully, this podcast has now been going on so long that we have basically followed his whole career. So he is someone we've seen from start to finish. And you can draw that straight line from when he tagged with his dad, and it was just, I mean, the WrestleMania where they came, and you're like, oh, no, no, thank you. And your full response, my full response, so I should speak for anyone else, is just, thank you, but no thank you. You know, it's like, I don't have any problem with Ray. I don't love this, but whatever. And then to draw that line to last year's WrestleMania where he came in, in the police car with the mask on, with the hood up, in cuffs, <laughs> and to be in that stadium watching it, wild.
2: This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever witnessed. They should have left this orange to the new black scared straight wannabe back president thrown away the key cuz i'm pretty sure dominic even being here is direct violation of the california penal code okay dominic's life has been like a death row record lately
0: it was insane the response like and like you say it was a boo but it was such a joyous boo like the crowd was electric for it mm-hmm. the crowd was obsessed with booing that man in a way that brought us all together in a really dark, happy place. And he just stood and took it. Like he, it was like he was drawing power from it. Whereas that could intimidate someone that could put you off, that could shake your nerves. Like he just drew from it and it was amazing to see.
3: And that's why I bring up, I'm like, I always you know, I always loved heels growing up. But you think about Roddy Piper, the other guys that come to mind, the aforementioned million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, they have something in common that I think Dominic is doing as well as I've seen anybody do in years, which is he's offering them the chance to boo in a way that gives them genuine catharsis. Yeah,
0: yeah totally. Yeah. 100%. Where they're
3: not, they're not mad about the match. It's Jake the Snake Roberts, they were a little bit more scared of and intimidated by, yeah. right? Like he was that yeah. scary, yeah. evil son of a bitch. That's a different thing. When I bring up Heenan, DiBiase, Piper them getting their comeuppance ties into something regarding where society is at in their moments, right? Mm -hmm. And Dominic, it's a similar thing. Like, DiBiase, you boo him because who doesn't hate the rich guy who rubs it in your face? Mm -hmm. Like, everyone crosses paths with that. You're in a restaurant at some point or in an airport terminal where some rich guy throws a tantrum like a baby, Mm -hmm. and you're like, you guys are the problem. I feel like Dominic is getting booed in a way that ties in, like you said, this idea of Nepo babies, this idea of, I think it ties in in a way that hasn't totally been nailed down or verbalized yet of a young generation where people think there are maybe a little bit, it's all about me, everything goes on mm-hmm. TikTok, uh, personal branding. The idea of all the I've been to prison angle feels a lot <laughs> like... The types of things of you're going to curate a life experience for your online brand that's not totally the reality of what you've lived through and make it your whole identity. I feel like it ties into some of what people slam about millennials Mm -hmm. and Gen Z in a way that hasn't been totally verbalized yet. And he represents he's like this living avatar that allows people to unleash their feelings about the cliche (laughs) bad side of Gen Z in all ways and of course we also have to mention he's not doing it in a vacuum the judgment day is a really brilliant foundation for him to stand on and in particular Rhea ripley is really really something special and and has clearly been a, a lot of the oxygen that allows him to burn bright and i always forget how young she is every time it's bright, i think she's only like 25 yeah. right
0: yeah really young i mm-hmm. sit there i'm like
3: like, wow, she's really young to be someone that has a few other people kind of standing on her shoulders to great success. And not in a way that's demeaning to them, but that is compliments to her.
0: The whole Judgment Day thing, I, I what you said about him being that entitled brat, basically, is one of the reasons we hate him, and I, I totally agree. And I also think the way he... Absorbs the reflected glory of his peers, right? Of his group, like that's something we hate about him too. Like the fact that Rhea will stand up, and we can't even boo Rhea. Rhea's a heel, but no one's gonna boo Rhea anymore because we love her so much. She's so undeniable. She's too cool, yeah.
3: She's too cool. And
0: he, on the other hand, is the outlet we're allowed to boo at, and that does feel like an interesting gender reverse to things we've seen before in wrestling, which I find fascinating. But yeah, this idea that. He is basking in her glory, and we want to boo him for that too. Like, we're like, no, it's not you. It's not you. And it it just feels so good. But at the same time, he has, like you said, he's improved. It's crazy. If he still, sorry, Dominic, but this is true. If he still sucked the way he used to suck, booing him wouldn't feel so good because you would be really booing him for being bad. Whereas now... Like, I'm booing you because you're a shithead. I'm not booing you because you're bad at your job. And that is so much more fun than booing someone that sucks.
3: The Judgment Day is also cool. Like, they look cool (laughs) and they have a cool vibe and color scheme. And I would go so far as to say that his heel work is so good that they could start to have a bit of a face turn or become a little bit of like a horseman DX thing where the crowd starts cheering for them when they're supposed to be booing them. Mm But in some level, they will remain heels forever as long as the crowd is like, how could you hang out with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, his presence makes them uncool in the heel face divide. And it's pretty fascinating. But all of the dynamics of them are great to watch. Yeah. And the fact that, like, they're at, the fact that the judgment day is as compelling and watchable as it is. And we're in an era where that's not even there's probably at any given time three or four storylines that bounce around slightly above it in the priority list is, again, we're really lucky to be alive as wrestling fans right now because the fact that you've got Bloodline and you've got Punk and you've got whatever LA Knight is up to at any given time and Gunther and whatever Sammy and Kevin are up to, like whatever Jay is up to, the, the fact that there's so many things that might at any given time be given precedence above something as good as judgment day is wild and i don't know if i've ever seen wrestling as consistently good going back to i mean on any i guess at any given night any given week back in the day you'd probably see between raw and nitro and especially when ecw was cooking with gas You might see as much good wrestling as we're seeing right now, but that was spread over three different companies. The fact that WWE alone has that many good storylines constantly bubbling is just we're spoiled and we're lucky right now. And wrestling fans historically are a group that are known to just complain relentlessly about everything (laughs) and act like they could do it better. So I think it is important to kind of pause and say, oh, no, they're really crushing it. They're really, really crushing it these days. And I feel lucky to experience it
1: let me ask you a question given how great he is right now it 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 would be easy to look at what dominic's doing saying like this is his peak in terms of he's never going to get any more heat like it would be impossible to get any more heat without the building collapsing than he's getting right now every time he picks up the microphone and speaks into it and his match work is getting really good what do you think his
3: ceiling is is he a world champion to you Here's the thing that's really fascinating to me is even though he has separated himself in a way that's lovely, his dad is still Rey Mysterio, and we all know it. Mm. And Rey Mysterio is a real life beloved superhero. He wears an actual mask. It's like him, Jushin Liger, and Tiger Mask are real, those are real life superhero wrestlers. Maybe more than other, even more than like Great Sasuke. Like those three are like actual come-to-life superheroes in our minds. I mean, Tiger Mask and Jushin Liger from anime characters, but Rey Mysterio too. So at some point, his dad's going to have to actually retire. And that means at some point that someone might do something really, really bad to his dad. And he always has this get-out-of-jail-free card, which is, is there any face turn that we're all going to buy more than coming around the prodigal son returning trying to do right by your real life dad after years of bad behavior like that's biblical the prodigal Mm. son returning is an actual biblical storyline that we all grew up with so there's also this never-ending window for him to have the ultimate face turn when it's time for it because also, who's going to want to put you over for long term future success more than your real life biological father? Like, it's all built. And if, let's say, someday they have, you know, who there's so many people it could be. If they have a, a deranged Roman Reigns lose the belt and decide that he's going to cripple Rey Mysterio, and it's clear that this is helping Rey retire. Who is going to be that last line of defense against evil Roman better than his own son saying, dad, I thought I hated you, but I can't watch anyone else treat you like this. Like there's something epic and beautiful built into their real life relationship.
1: Oh, that's a really good point. she got chills thinking about it.
0: Hal's <laughs> <was> getting very <laughs> emotional. It's so beautiful. No,
1: I, I, yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a reverse Return of the Jedi. Where, where he's Darth it's Vader. It's like
3: Jos- Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. reconciling your your rela- Every Find me one person on earth, especially one young man who does not have to rationalize their own experience with their dad. And he's right. in the middle of that. But the conclusion to that story is, dude, your dad's going out and he's hanging on by a thread and he needs to go out with some dignity and there's only one person here willing to fight until... Death's door for him, and it's his kid. Yeah. So he's always, they always have that when it's time. Oh my God. Can he pull it off as well as he pull, he's pulling off the eel thing right now? I don't know, but there's never been a redemption arc that feels more real than that. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh man.
0: Whew. It's going to okay. be so good. It's going to be yeah. so good.
1: We asked the Nation of Conversation for their thoughts on Dominic Mysterio. Here's what they're saying. Jake on Twitter calls Dom one of the best examples in recent times of taking all your weaknesses and turning them into strengths. Matthew Birdsey on Blue Sky says that when he sees Dom Dom come to the ring, it makes him want to give him a serious time out. And Etrigan on Blue Sky says, boo! (laughs) Boo! Look, we have no idea what Dom's WrestleMania will hold, but we can be sure that it will end with an entire Lincoln Financial Field booing him out of the stadium. That's right. That's my hometown. Nobody's going to give him heat like he gets there. So enjoy it and soak it up. Uh, Chris Gethard, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, Where can people find what you're working on, what they should know about any links? The the floor is yours.
3: I'm always, um, you know, Chris Gethardt. instagram chrisgeth.com for my tour dates chris gethard on twitter i've got my beautiful anonymous podcast i just wrote a new book called dad at peace it's at everend there's all sorts of stuff out there and i feel so lucky to talk about wrestling this thing i've always loved and my final closing thought on dominic is you know what's so beautiful about it Mm. is it's a good reminder that when wrestling is really great It's not about being smarter than the booker. It's not about having all your opinions on the backstage shenanigans. It's about it's fun to cheer for the good guys and yell at the bad guys. And he's doing that better than anybody has in years. And it's such a good reminder of why wrestling is fun. So thank you, Dominic Mysterio. Next time I'm back
1: east, I'm going to make you go to lunch with me, and we're just going to talk about this for hours.
3: Oh, we have to. (laughs) And for anybody out there, if you're ever in New York when they're doing an MSG house show, do yourself a favor. It's it's, the best. It's Mm. magical. If you can be at the one
0: that's the day after Christmas, they usually do the 26th. right? That one is – I used to go to that one every year, and it was always so much fun.
3: Before my son was born, I went every single year. It was the most fun thing. I also – I saw a UFC at MSG and it was GSP's return and it was when Thug Rose knocked out Joanna and I've never heard a, a sound like I heard when Rose knocked her out. It, that arena is built to experience fighting in. It's a boxing arena at its heart and it's just an amazing place to watch people fight and or choreograph fight-like displays <laughs> for our approval. <laughs>
1: that is awesome when we come back we've got three things from wrestling that we want to share with you that's up next on tights and fights
2: I'm Emily Fleming. And I'm Jordan Morris. We're real comedy writers. And real
1: friends. And real cheapskates. We say, why subscribe to expensive streaming services when you can stream tons of insane movies online for free? Yeah, as
2: long as you're fine with 25 randomly inserted super loud car insurance commercials.
1: On our podcast, Free With Ads, we review streaming movies from the darkest corner of the internet's bargain bin.
2: From the good to the weird to the holy, look at Van Damme's big old butt. Free with ads,
1: a free podcast about free movies that's worth the price of admission.
0: Every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite podspot. Uh, Hello. Welcome, everyone. Step
2: right up. We're going to heal you. We are the healers, Ross and Carrie. Yes, yes. You there. You look like you're upset. Come up here. Yes, you are healed because you've listened to our podcast. Yes. Have you been having trouble with demons? Are you sleeping too much? Too little? Just right? We have the solution. It is to listen to Oh "Oh No, Ross and and Carrie." Carrie, a show where we examine unusual claims. We show up so you don't have to. Find us on MaximumFun.org. We won't actually heal you.
1: Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, joined once again by...
0: Lindsay Kelk.
1: And... Julian Burrell Now it's time to close out the show by sharing the things from wrestling that brought us joy This is the three count Watch my three count One Two Three
2: That was sick
1: (laughs) Julian what would you like to put over
2: Uh Pat McAfee has a lot of things he does uh, beyond (laughs) just being a wrestling commentator. He also was one of ESPN's new voices. And the thing about Pat McAfee on television is that you never really know if he's going to do something stupid, like give Aaron Rodgers a platform for three months, or if he's going to give you a moment of absolute gold, which he did on the second to last week of the college football season. Uh, This was one of the uh, previews for the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan. You'll hear... The start of it with Reese Davis and when Pat McAfee comes in.
1: Jalen Milroe often wears his own branded apparel, reading "LANK" across the front. It's an acronym that stands for "Let a Naysayer Know," being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course, the professional's right in the middle of it. That's all right. I, just I keep thought going. you almost lost me. <laughs> yeah. hey,
2: tight up here as you were as <laughs> <that> you were <gotta laughs> <be>. uh, <laughs> breathe you a too small with that showing. i thought it was going down <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was
0: going down <laughs> out
2: here <laughs> So it's just amazing to see, like uh, Pat McAfee, Desmond Howard, and uh, Joey Galloway, all think that Reese Davis was about to end his career by saying the N word live on camera. <laughs> it took a whole season, but I think he really found his footing towards the end there, in in this new platform.
1: Can't wait for the fall. You're <laughs> <laughs> ready. Oh, god. Naysayers beware! <laughs> He's coming for you. We're
2: coming for you, naysayers! Oh no! Wrestling Twitter had a lot of fun. <laughs> it. it was all over the place. Just <laughs> Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Hulk Hogan. We're coming for you, naysayer! <laughs> oh god!
1: Oh, oh my! No, oh dear! Oh, my mayonnaise blood is starting to <laughs> perspire, Lindsay.
0: You have some stuff I, to put over. Yeah. I don't know if I do know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. There was some things. I'm like, wait, what What was I saying just three seconds ago? Um, I, I am going to put over. Uh, Let the naysayers
2: uh, know, Lindsay. They got to
0: know. Yep. Um, so many
2: naysayers with attitudes out there.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not for me to say, but it, that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but wrestlers on the internet—that is what I'm putting over this week. It has been a stellar week. If you are someone who is procrastinating horribly on a deadline and just looking for someone to entertain you on your phone, you could go to Our Truth talking to johnny wrestling and telling him how he sees a lot of the heartbreak kid in him and then we hold on for the pan back and you'll see that it is in fact the heartbreak kid that he's talking to uh which is just magical just genuinely magical our truth protect him at all costs we love him uh mm. you could also go over to the first we feast youtube channel and watch becky and seth on hot wong's Verses, where they ask each other questions and uh if you do not answer a question or if you answer it incorrectly you have to eat a hot wing. Becky, not made for hot wings! Not not built for them. Um, and it's not fair to make her eat them, honestly. It just looks brutal. Weirdly, I love Seth Rollins so much more in any media that he's in with his wife than I do as, as Seth Rollins. Because uh, he just seems like a delight. They seem like a delight together. But I will give him credit that maybe I'm supposed to hate him so much because he does say in that show, if you have 12 minutes to watch it, that he based a lot of his character and his wardrobe on MGK because he seems like a douche. So respect to Seth for the honesty and for nailing it, honestly. Um, But most of all, if you only have a short amount of time, I urge you to go over to the WWE YouTube channel and find, hunt it down if you must, the Kathy and KO show or the KO and Kathy show. It is Kevin Owens and Kathy Kelly being delightful, just being utterly charming, uh, trying to decide what their show is. It's two episodes of it, and they still don't actually know what the show is. They're debating the name of the show, which is fantastic. The only thing they decide is they can't just use the K.O. and C.K. show, because written down, it looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, they figure that they can't
0: put that on a T-shirt. Uh, they are delightful. And uh, I just cannot stress enough that you should go and watch Kevin open the door to the... Bloodlines dressing room because he's certain that they have left and he wants to go and get their snacks. And I will say no more. I insist that you go and watch it. Insist. <laughs> insist, insist.
1: Oh my lord! I'll give you three things. Did we? Did we put over Kevin Owens talking about his son last week? Did we put over that interview? No,
2: we did not.
1: Oh, he was asked about his son who is eight hundred feet tall. It's like six feet, six eight, two fifty. I think already,
2: and still growing,
1: and still growing.
2: He's and, nearly and, as strong uh, as Julian. I am not 6'8". That man will... That man
0: could kill me with his bare uh, That <laughs> child, Julian. That legal child. Yeah, yeah
1: okay. <laughs> I want to zero in on the portion where he talks about not. he's not going to push his son. He just wants him to be happy with whatever he does. Here's a clip. He wants to try. He wants to start training. I'm in no rush. He's 16. Uh, you know, I started when I was 14. And while well, I'm thankful for all the experience, probably too early. It was probably too early uh he you know he could take his time uh yeah he's just turned 16 he's six foot seven he's around 280 so and he's still growing i think so okay second uh no clip needed go go follow tiffany stratton on tiktok she, she is a delight you get to see a little behind the scenes plus fun tiffany stratton content apparently she and nia Jax are besties who knew? My Jax is, works her way into a lot of people's TikToks. She's a the TikTok queen of WWE. She doesn't have uh,
2: Alexa Bliss to hang out with anymore. I guess she didn't even new best friend. True, true. She's
1: to looking for a best.
0: She needed a new and tiny blonde to hang out with. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. She has a type of friendship that she looks for.
1: And then uh, number three, because we were talking about uh, when the version of WWE 2K, I can't remember what year it was. If it was 2019, 2018, where you could upload your own themes. And I, William Regal was in the game and I uploaded what is indisputably his greatest theme song, uh, which do you want? Can you play us off with this, Julian? Can you lay, it, can you lay a bed of this yeah. and I'll a,
2: a bed of harpsichord? I'll talk.
1: Give me a bed of, of uh, William Regal music. Well, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your host, Lindsay along with me. Hello, You can follow me at Hello, social media. Do I sound like I a family
0: member? I can't do it. Uh, no. I'm from and we're all very common. Uh, we're northern and very common, hell. But you pictured please the
1: because. facial hair on that guy, right? I
0: actually pictured you, yeah, with big uh, white curly mutton chops sat in front of a roaring fire in a big leather Correct. armchair wearing a smoking Correct. jacket. Okay. Cool. That's
2: right. I thought we were yeah. about to like hear about um a new play from uh, Gilbert and Godfrey or Sig- uh, Sigfried and Gilbert Sullivan. Sullivan. Yes. Thank you. Gilbert. Gilbert and Godfrey. <laughs> Gilbert and Godfrey. <laughs> Godfrey. <laughs> a new I play. A remodel of a modern
1: major general. R I <laughs> <R. laughs> P. Any, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ahead,
0: I'm on the internet. I'm on the internet at Lindsey Um Please come and say hello. Uh, if you have any theories on where Kate Middleton might be, <laughs> mm. feel free to drop them in my DMs. Never cared <clears> about <throat> the royal family once in my entire life. Obsessed with this. What are they doing to us? Uh, you know, football season's over. I can't watch Travis and Taylor every week anymore. I needed a new hobby. So come say hello. Hello at Lindsay Kelt, Please.
1: Say hi. Our producer isn't here to make friends. He's here to make punny, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Max Fund is Laura Swisher. Remember, that newest ice cream Christmas shirt is just waiting for you at maxfundstore.com. Go get yourself one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven. We'll be back next week to talk about more. You guessed it. Rustling. <laughs>
0: You sound like a very British horse. Like, what what is this? Well, you know, he's he's got. It's like the British Mister Ed.
2: I was on holiday in Tangiers. Why isn't Lindsay standing for the national anthem? (laughs) The weather. Uh, I don't recognize it.
0: It's fine. Not my not my king. I was gonna say not my queen, but not my king anymore. So he
2: won't be anybody's king soon enough. Anyway. Right.